You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got local, state, national, sometimes even the international, covering down on the issues and solid conservative and just plain right, like the dude just said. Hey, Boomer, real quick before we go to the phones, uh, I, I was. <laughs> it's funny when our texters start sparring with each other. Uh, so literally, John from Huntsville, <laughs> really? John from Huntsville sent uh, a long text about a kind of restaurant he was thinking about, and I didn't even know I could get through that reading. And Leanne from Huntsville texted in and said, "John, you're getting in the way of the triple dippers." <laughs> 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 uh, that's good. That's good. All right. Hey, listen, we're going to go to the uh, the lines right now, the phone lines. Um, Jeff Poor is uh, the uh, the guy who hosts the Jeff Poor Show uh, at FM Talk 106.5 down in the Mobile coastal regions. And he's also, by the way, the executive editor at 1819 News. Uh, he has been at the inaugural events in Montgomery. I thought, you know what? I want to hear a firsthand because uh, I've enjoyed those events before. But you also kind of go down there and you look and you listen and you see and you figure out what's really being said and what's going to happen. Anyway, without further ado, let me bring on my friend, Jeff Poor. Jeff Rowe, how are you doing today, man? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you spent the, the day down there? Did you broadcast your show from Montgomery or what? I took the day out the show yesterday because the, the inauguration. Well, the inauguration is the same time as my show, so uh, I, you can't do both. Well, I guess I guess that's true. Live, I'm speaking over the governor right now. That doesn't always go over very well. No, and she's she's you know not a big fan anyway. So um, <laughs> of the show, so uh, I, I kind of um, decided to uh, hand off the hosting duties to someone else. So let me ask you this: I, I was telling the, sh- the the listeners earlier on my show that um, I mean I I enjoy the inaugural events. I, to me, I found them fascinating. I it, I felt like it, it it made things feel real. Like okay, it's more than just I voted at the polls. There's that person actually giving a speech on our state capitol steps. Um, what about you? Do you find any magic in it at all, or is it just perfunctory and you're there to, to sort of observe and report? No, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's a formality, and I, I think it, it, it emphasizes the importance of the office and offices, I should say, because, I mean, if you just, like, wake up and the next day you're governor or mayor or senator or whatever, I mean, what's the point, right? I mean, you, you just win your election. Uh, I, I think this adds a little ump, a little importance to the whole deal. And it makes for, it makes, maybe it makes somebody realize in the moment that this is a very, very serious job. Well, and I agree with that. Um, and I, and I appreciate seeing them sworn in, actually taking the oath of office, you know, that kind of stuff. And, I, and I'll tell you too, I, the first one I went to was Bentley's first inaugural. Um, and, um, and, and that's, that's back when I would just say it this way, that uh, Kay Ivey had more oomph back then. And she used to give some amazing speeches. I mean, she was a great speech maker right. uh, back in the day. And and I remember that day, she got up to be sworn in as lieutenant governor, and she made Bentley's governor's speech just look lame. And, I mean, she gave a firebrand of a speech, and I thought, that's the best speech of the entire day right there. So what were it's your fun- thoughts? Go ahead. It's funny you say that because, I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Kay Ivey at every RNC being sort of you know she's always elected you know the chairman or the leader of the uh 
the caucus there that was sent down to the convention, and she would be the one to get on national TV because Alabama goes first. Uh, the great state of Alabama, home of the Crimson Tide National <laughs> Championship football team. And it was like, well, you know, and now not quite as much there. No. Well, well. so tell me this then, just just your perspective. You watched all the speeches yesterday. Uh, who gave the best speech of the ones being sworn in and speaking? Harold's I mean, wasn't terrible. And the difference is... In 2018, I went, I mean, her speech is like an hour, you know, it went on forever. <laughs> this was about a third that length, I would say. But, uh, I mean, her speech wasn't bad because it was an improvement, I thought. Uh, Ainsworth, I mean, I think Ainsworth gives a lot of the same speeches whenever I see him. Uh, Marshall was pretty good about the importance of the, being the last line of defense when you know the federal government's overreaching and you know not just federal government overreach but also uh you know some of the intrusions from immigration and things like that uh the others uh, you know uh i think rick pates was impromptu i think he oh i'm supposed to give a speech here today <laughs> um so, so they all had their own little quirks to them uh if you will well about wes allen how'd he do did he give a he speech did okay. I mean, yeah. this was um, his was fine. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say it was anything remarkable, but I, I don't I don't think in that moment. I think it's more about the governor, probably. So that's you know these guys are deferential to the governor. Well, okay. So let me ask you this: within the content of the speeches, like for instance, I note y'all ran a story today, or actually yesterday, on eighteen nineteen. They said that both Ivy and Ainsworth seemed to hint at school choice, although when I kind of read their direct comments, I didn't truly hear school choice. It's like an inference. So um, your thoughts, what do you what do you think and came out of the speeches that says, OK, there's a policy thing they're pushing for? Well, she definitely mentioned given us uh, she definitely mentioned school choice. But, you know, it's like this thing they do with the charter schools and talk about that. Right. Um, but she definitely mentioned it. So. <laughs> Uh, Senator, if you look at the governor, I mean, we don't, I don't, even if you look at the entirety of the campaign of 2022, what is her agenda? What is her legislative agenda that exactly. I want to go hang out with the Carhartt bros at the uh, shooting range or, uh, uh, you know, stand up to, to Joe Biden and say, this is, we speak English here. I mean, there was real, no clear picture to me. So my hope yesterday was to get something and that's about what we got. We got something but not really sure what so she mentioned education and all throughout the governor has been talking about education and the importance of getting education better so uh, two things from that well i mean maybe two and a half she said something about partnering with the dolly pardon promise library thing uh, which i guess gets some people kind of excited but she <laughs> okay. did she did mention school choice but she kind of tied it to the whole charter school idea, not like school choice, probably like a, lot, a robust school choice, like a lot of what we said. But she yeah. also made a pledge that before the end of her term, Alabama would be in the top in, in the 30s uh, when it comes to these rankings. So you always hear 52nd out of 50. Well, she says that we'll be up in the 30s by the time it's all said and done when she well, has her way. That would be if she can make that level of a jump, that would be significant and I would give her props if she did. But what I what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing you heard, uh, so I'm, I'm second hand here. What I'm hearing you heard though sounded like, hey, the safe thing about school choice is to talk about the only school choice that we already have, which is like right. scholarships and uh, charter schools. Let's don't talk about things like open enrollment or, you know, um, uh, allowing kids to have full portability. 
Uh, and, and so it, it sounds like they kind of stayed the safe route without really going anywhere. They talked about it, but they didn't really say they're going to do something new. Well, uh, you know, Ainsworth, I think he didn't really give us he he sure led about school choice, but the lieutenant governor doesn't have as much power. So let's just uh, at least he paid a nod to it. The governor was what I was looking for more than anything, and uh, no, she just did not. She did not seem as if it was. Uh, I mean, at the very very top of her list, but then again, senators. I mean. Gambling did not get mentioned. Yeah. Um, a lot of what uh, the good from the last four years got discussed, but uh, it's still we're sitting here today on January seventeenth. I, I don't know what she really wants to do in her second term. Well, second term. and and I and I agree. I mean, I I think she wanted to get elected. That's what her term is. She wanted to get elected, and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I I would love to see more of a forthright position statement as to here are the agenda items I'm asking for the legislature to work with me on. They She could do that, but she literally has almost like chosen not to do that. Um, well, but, let's, let me caution you though. Yeah. What? She didn't say a whole lot in 2018 and we got rebuilt Alabama. Yeah. Um, you, you saw how <laughs> COVID was handled. I mean, the, the, the problem is the silence and the, the vagueness could be just as much of a problem and it could be anything because, I mean, they didn't run on raising your gas taxes, but they sure as heck did. That was probably before, I think, the last session, probably the, the you know, the kind of the cornerstone achievement of the entire legislative quadrennium. So let me ask you this. Uh, in the last uh, couple of minutes we got, you guys ran another story, came out yesterday. So we've been talking, you, even on the, the Grand Council, when you and Dale come on on Wednesdays, we have more than once talked about whether there's going to be tax reform, tax cuts, tax rebates because of the level of surplusage that we have in our, our, our coffers right now down in Montgomery. You guys ran an article that seemed to say that um, uh, on Dale Jackson's show that Senator Arthur Orr, who's one of the leaders in the Senate and a budget chairman, he's now seems to be kind of hedging on the idea of whether there'll be tax reform. He says tax rebates are still definitely on the table. And then, but then later on, he did say maybe some small cuts for retirees. Talk about the grocery tax, but he, but he was really kind of poo-pooing the idea that we can do much in terms of tax reform. Have we just gotten the bait and switch? Did you hear anything during the speeches about this? No, and, and nothing about taxes. Uh, maybe unless you read between the lines when they talked about responsible budgeting, but uh, I, I just think his colleagues have kind of pushed back and said. Uh, Senator Orr, it's not going to happen. We we don't want a big tax cut. And the governor has, has essentially said as much, too. I, I think if Orr, in his defense, had his way, we might see something a little more. But it just doesn't sound like among legislators there's an appetite for it. Well, you know, I, I, I guess if, if nothing else, constituents need to start telling legislators it's time. But uh, I don't know what else could be said because, uh, because truthfully – You've got every state in the Southeast that has made some measurable effort at tax relief of some kind except Alabama, period. And if there's not uh, an impetus to do it by watching your peers in neighboring legislatures or by hearing from your constituents or by recognizing you're supposed to be a Republican, I don't know what else we could say or do. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's, it's really weird. You know, Republican supermajority, and it's not like— this money is, I mean, it's not like we just have a one-time year. It seems like every year there's some kind of surplus you're dealing with. They've paid off every rainy day fund. 
uh, all we are told is we have to prepare for the pending doom and gloom that hasn't gotten here yet. Well, we shall see, man. But um, all right, you went to the festivities. I didn't make it this year. I guess I'll try and make it four years from now. But uh, when, uh, you know, I guess and Ivy will be gone at that point, so we'll see who comes in and takes her place. Well, but, uh, at least there was good weather this time around. Usually yeah. this is my third one of these, and I froze to death. Uh, this time, not so much. Well, at least there weren't tornadoes this time, too. How about that? Yes, so. fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, Jeff Poor, uh, host of the Jeff Poor Show on FM Talk 106.5 down in Mobile and the executive editor for 1819 News. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. All right, man. All right, Boomer, take the break. We're done with home fries. We're going to move to the next one, which, by the way, this next one is fascinating to me. I call it in hindsight, like looking at this story, hey, would they have done it again? I hope not. I'll tell you more in a minute. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. <laughs> 